everybody, uh, Jessica here. I have with me today, Master David Paul, who is with the Circle of Life uh, community, and he teaches Tai Chi Gong with Master Lama Rasaji on the Circle of Life community. And today we're going to talk about Tai Chi Gong. Uh, we're also going to talk about his music and how he has incorporated both to help essentially raise his vibration. So I'm super excited. It's such a great talk. So eating healthy, living healthy, being healthy. This is the Holistic Keto Goddess Podcast. A podcast focused on holistic wellness and teaching you about incorporating the keto diet and lifestyle changes to achieve an energetic balance. Teaching you how to live now so you don't struggle to live later. And now, your host, Jessica Ankaya. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing pretty good, yeah. So kind of brief me, what what got you started into Tai Chi Gung? initially well when i was in graduate school in in um uh texas my teacher was the concert master of the houston symphony and he picked up yoga and he was looking for a way to de-stress and i didn't like the sitting or the stretching much so i found a tai chi instructor there actually in graduate school and I had learned a couple forms and then about two years later when I started my professional career as a violinist I had a full-time symphony job um, I was working at a bookstore and the manager invited me to a Tai Chi class and I, I walked in and uh, there was Master Lama Rasaji and about 25 other people in this dance studio and I really liked the simplicity of it and I was really looking for a way to handle the stress load related to playing in the symphony. That was my initial motivation. Yeah, so um, you've been doing Tai Chi Gang for what, over 25 years now? Well, this is my 34th year of training. Wow. And uh, so I came to Tai Chi Gong in my mid-twenties and it really didn't take me very long to understand that I had uh, been connected with something that was really, really significant. Musicians, Olympic athletes, um, just about anyone who pursues some sort of mind-body activity understands that there are fundamentals that you repeat over and over and they go deeper and deeper and deeper. So. You know, the way I thought of it was, okay, here's a set of scales and arpeggios uh, for, for human health that have been around for like 3,000 years, work really well, they're simple, that I, can, uh, that I can do to learn what health really is. And the, that was sort of the left brain motivation, what actually started to happen, it's interesting because just two days ago, Master Lama Rasaji did a, a daily Lama talk, and he was talking, you know, on the surface, it's kind of funny, this happens so often with him and, and myself, 
he was talking about uh, ASMR. He's, he bridged that into a discussion of how the Tai Chi Gong exercises are bringing the spirit, the mind, and the body together, activating the regenerative force that, that comes up the governing uh, meridian and down the conceptual meridian. He started to talk about you know, the soul chill where the, uh, the, the sharat, the soul, actually sinks up with the heart chakra and that chill up and down the spine happens. And he talked about how people who practice Tai Chi Gong are, are like almost hardwiring that into their daily life. So that, that sort of uh, reverse engineers my exact experience. I came home, I realized I wanted to do this, I practiced it every day. I went generally to anywhere from two to four classes at that point he had storefront and I practiced um, 30 minutes to an hour a day from the get-go and I was playing in the symphony and what started to happen was that that soul chill up and down the spine it started to happen more often. What a lot of people don't realize is that um, about six out of a hundred uh, performance music majors who go to college to to learn how to play in a symphony about six out of a hundred actually get a job doing that it's incredibly uh, competitive and they don't pay you to make mistakes so the so and in fact the person who can fire you stands in front of you all the time he's he or she is listening to you all the time so whether it's a rehearsal or a performance you're um, you have to perform and you have to make it right. And uh, there's very little hiding because everybody's in the room and they have years and years of training. So what happens is that you depend more and more and more on your left brain. You go into this um, this frame of mind where that that excitement that you felt that might have brought you into music in the first place, sometimes that is few and far between and then your standards are so high and essentially what happens is you become hypercritical of everything that you do and then everything that everybody else does. And you can imagine how that would block the, the connection to the soul energy. Even so, you know, about three, maybe four times a year, even the professional musicians, like they'll get that soul chill. Well, I started practicing the exercises and it went from like three, four times a year to like every other week and then it was three or four times a week. And then um, it did not take long at all. I remember I came home from a, a, uh, a rehearsal and uh, Spirit said, you know, turn on your stereo and start doing your standing exercises. So I was, uh, I was, I turned it on, some Mahler, Mahler Symphony, and I got into Tai Chi Swim. And as I started Tai Chi Swim, it was someone tapped me on the back top, the crown chakra. And what happened was that like a surge of energy flowed through my body. And, and after that happened, I was consciously aware of every cell in my entire body. And the music was coursing through my body in waves. 
different parts of the orchestra, the brass section would move and the and the percussion section and the string section and the winds and this this uh, went on for almost 30 minutes. And um, that got my attention. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was just the most, it was the most extraordinary thing. Um, the, the only visual image that I have ever seen that comes close, and people are going to have to dig for this one a little bit, but if you look uh, for recordings of the New York Philharmonic, you want to find one where Leonard Bernstein was the conductor. He conduct with he conducted he's passed away but he conducted with every fiber of his being yeah 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 it was um it was like being consumed by the divine i think sometimes of rumi you know that whole idea of the beloved it's very much like that it's very very much like that and so well that was that was in the first year that was just in the first year and uh, it led to some really, really interesting experiences in the symphony. Um, some of them really, really powerful on the positive side. Some of them were really eye-opening um, as far as how music impacts people. And I should give credit where credit is due. I didn't have this stuff going on before Tai Chi Gong. And it was only because I was consistent in my practice that I grew. And uh, if anybody wants to know the mechanics of how that works, that that uh, um, Dalai Lama that Rasaji, he might have actually done it yesterday. Yeah. He, it's funny. We've worked together uh, closely for a while, and I didn't talk to him about the fact that we were going to be uh, be talking, um, and he just knew to mention the the mechanics because one of your questions that you were going to ask me today had to do with how how does the soul connect to the body well he he gave me the answer <laughs> and uh and that happened i can't i can't tell you how many times that has happened over the years um i've come to tr i've come to appreciate it and understand that uh, so what I'll do, just so I mean, people are kind of curious what it, how it works, um, you ask a question in your soul, if you carry it around for a while, and you show up to a class, um, and you're listening, very often Master Lama Rasaji is going to give you the answer. I, I remember being in uh, workshops and stuff, and people would come up by the dozens afterwards, and they say, how did you know this and that and you were talking it's like you were talking directly to me and all that stuff uh it's really pretty cool it's it's one of those things where uh you you're the intention is to help people as many as possible in any way possible and um so i've learned to kind of pay attention but i want to give a little shout out to master lama Rasaji for helping uh clarify it so to be more specific uh, to be specific, that soul chill happens when the heart chakra comes into sync with the soul itself. And what a lot of people don't realize is that uh, it's actually fairly, uh, fairly uh, scientific. I mean, it's not hard to understand. You have a physical body, 
you have an energy body, the aura, and that tends to house your thoughts and your emotions, the fourth dimension. That isn't necessarily your soul frequency. So, for example, a person coming out of surgery or a person who's had a stroke or they're suffering from some kind of malady, sometimes almost all of their soul energy is actually out of their physical body. It's actually out. And um, sometimes people assume that the soul is there and, and very often, um, well, maybe a thread of the soul is there, but it's not necessarily participating in the conscious mind. So if you have lots of judgments and your energy is very low, you do very little breathing, you're constantly in your left brain, it, it prevents that sinking up of the soul with the heart where that chill comes, right? And so that's, it's basically why is it that symphony musicians look so unhappy all the time? <laughs> because if you look at them, they look miserable. They're concentrating, they're fearing for their life, they're fearing for their job. You know, it's just not, it's just an interesting environment. Um, so, the, uh, that's one of the reasons why it, help, it happens less often. And uh, the, the mechanics of why it happens in Tai Chi Gong more often have a lot to do with the principles of Tai Chi Gong in the first place. So Tai, grand or life, Chi, energy, Gong is temple or the physical body. So in Tai Chi Gong, you are bringing the life force energy into the physical body, which includes the soul. And not all systems are set up to do that. You even certain yoga systems are, are being, now it's not that they were set up that way, but that's the way they're being taught. Because you'll have these profound yoga masters who, who don't believe that the physical body has any spiritual significance at all. And that, by the way, was the core question that uh, the founder of Tai Chi Gong had. The founder of Tai Chi Gong was uh, Boganathar, who was a profound yoga master, pranayama, kundalini, and hatha yoga. He mastered three of them. And he was, he was around all of these masters, and they would go in meditation for days and weeks. They wouldn't eat, they wouldn't drink, and because they took their conscious mind into these celestial realms, their soul energy was actually being withdrawn from their body, and their bodies were wasting away. And Yogananda, uh, or, I mean, uh, Sri Yukteswar, oh, there's the lineage. Sorry, we'll talk about that. <laughs> Whoops. We'll have to get to that. Anyway, um, Boganathar said, you know, something's wrong with this picture. And if, and this is right out of the Circle of Life book, if God is God, all-powerful, all-present, all-knowing, in all dimensions, why is it that in the third dimension, he, she appears to be absent? Why do these yoga masters who have all this profound understanding disregard the physical body? It just bothered him. So he asked around in meditation, he saw a waterfall 
And they said, well, that waterfall is in China. So his soul quest, his reason for going from India to China was actually to unravel the connection between his uh, yoga practice, the physical body, the connection to nature. How did those things relate? And so he took all of his yoga into nature. So the four standing exercises that we do are based on those three principal yogas and how they connect to nature. And the reason I bring it up in connection to music and that soul chill is because one of the very first principles that um, Lao Tzu, he was given that name when he got to, to China, the, the principles from uh, Kundalini Yoga are, are, the, are, are this. That you have three major flows of energy, the Inga, Pagala, and then the Satsuma. The soul energy is coming through the Satsuma. The, the Inga and the Pagala are the masculine and the feminine energies. Hatha translates as sun and moon, which is masculine and feminine, right? So when we do the exercises, we are marrying the right and the left side of the body. We're bringing the left and right side of the body into balance. And the very simple way to understand it is this. In order for the regenerative energy, you know, these lamas are living for hundreds of years. How do they do it? In order to live that long, the right side and the left side has, has to be brought into a certain level of balance. If you think of the electromagnetic field, in order to support that that higher vibration, that higher frequency of light, you have to have a certain magnetic uh, insulation, which is the Divine Mother, and you have to bring that about that, that balance. And so when the right and the left side are sufficiently balanced, it creates an environment where that regenerative chi, the soul energy, can come more into the physical body. Yeah. yeah. So in that sense, if want, people want to understand how is it that you could have soul chills from music at, constantly, always. In other words, how can you experience heaven on earth as much as you want? Well, bring your right and left side of, into balance. You have to have the soul willingness. In other words, you have to ask that that soul energy be present in the physical universe. And that's where a lot of people, they don't realize that uh, they were taught that, that the divine is only somewhere else, that the divine is not present in the physical universe. And because they've been taught that, there's this real sadness, this sadness of being separate. Right. And they've, they've essentially been taught that they've bought into it, it becomes a strong belief. And because that's true, it, it interferes with those experiences. And then what happens, unfortunately, is that the sole intention becomes to leave the physical universe. Um, I, I'll never forget this. I, I used to play at this Unity Church every once in a while, a close friend of mine. Uh, invited me every once in a while, and they had a guest speaker. And uh, the guest speaker happened to be this Buddhist meditation master. 
He had been meditating for 40 years and I listened to him speak. It was like the incarnation of peace. It was the most amazing thing, right? And then he talks for a little while and then he brings out a stack of seven books on cancer. He's in fourth stage cancer. And he's talking about all of this stuff and I'm sitting there and I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that the only reason that that disease is happening to him is because he believes that the divine is in the unformed more than in his physical body. He's created a vacuum. He's incredibly spiritual, yeah. right? And so there's nothing wrong with that. People do it all day long to Sunday. But the question is, if you, if you want all that, those experiences with music, eventually you're going to have to have a heart-to-heart -heart with your own soul, and you're going to kind of have to come to terms with, well, how much of me wants to be here? <laughs> how much of me wants to be somewhere else? Yeah. Right? And it's a, it's a, it's a discussion that happens um, constantly. I'm having it constantly. And I'll catch myself um, wanting to detach from relationships or destroy businesses or in some respects even destroy health because I simply am choosing more to be somewhere else than I want to be here, right? Yeah. 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 And, and Tai Chi Gong, I, I definitely agree, it helps to bring you here. Yeah. It helps to increase your vibration to get you to where you want to be here, you want to have compassion, um, you want to have those relationships with that. So would yeah. you think that, um, so let's get back to the music, music and Tai Chi Gong, would you think, have you, have you felt like the c combination of both of them has increased your vibrational frequency? It's, it's uh, essentially how the creative process works. So you're in the core of your being, you're connected to the divine always, always have been, always will be. And then you have the ability to create, bring things into creation. I always admire people that, that apply their creativity to relationships. I, don't, I had a housemate once, he still keeps in contact with people he knew in junior high. He calls them up. He has relationships that span like 65 years, dozens and dozens and dozens. But the, the thing about music is that it is a creative art. So what you're really doing is, in a certain sense, um, you're bringing new life into something that hasn't existed yet. So where it connects to the Tai Chi Gong is that you are given a stronger connection to the divine and then that begins to manifest through you. So when we go, for example, when we go to hear a classical artist, world class, a lot of people don't realize, but some of those artists, they will live with the peace that they are playing that night for up to two years before they take the stage. 
They know it backwards and forwards. They've listened to dozens and dozens of recordings of other artists. Most of them could play that piece when they were seven, right? It becomes a part of them. When they step on stage, one of the things that many of the really good ones do is they're trying to tune their spirit into the spirit of the composer when they wrote that piece and to allow to move through them the frequencies that actually inspired that piece the very first time. And then they take their soul and they put it behind it. They put it behind it. And what happens is you have people in the audience who already have an expectation that that's going to happen. And when there are thousands of them, all of that happens. And then the, the divine, in terms of the dimensions, it's, it's coming right down into the physical, right down into the physical. It is, um, in essence, it's really not that different than you have a congregation of 18,000 uh, of whatever, and then another 6 million listening online. And the preacher speaks a truth. The receptivity of the 18,000 in the room and the 6 million online or whatever it is, they resonate with that same truth. And then the presence of the divine radiates through their heart, mind, and souls, and it magnifies because all of them are co-creating it. So with the music, um, for me, it's that sense where every time that I sit down, I have an opportunity to connect with the divine. And, and um, I do a lot of different kinds of music. Um, I left the symphony after about seven years and I uh, had private students, but I always played professionally, Pl did a lot of, uh, it's funny, funny, from a classical musician's uh, standpoint, I did my career in reverse. You know, they, they go to school, they play weddings, uh, receptions and stuff, and they take their audition, they get a real job, right? Well, I, I didn't do any freelancing, I got a real job, and then when I left the symphony, I, I did my wedding stuff, right? So I played Pachelbel's Canon 1,500 times, right? But for an audience and for a bride and a groom, that, that's the, that is the most special day that they could possibly have. So I can have a soul chill playing Pachelbel's Canon that I've done 1,500 times because what I'm offering, I'm offering to those people who are there the very best I can possibly can possibly do for them, right? And so, uh, some really fascinating things in that regard. Um, for a while, I was uh, strolling violin in an Italian restaurant, and um, all for memory, just walking around. And I would ask Spirit, "Well, what what's the next song I should play?" And at least three, four times a night. I would play this tune and then somebody would draw me over to the table and they'd say, my mom played that song and they would, yeah. and then that song happened here or there. And um, it's, it's one of those situations where people come with memories and expectations. And then in a, in a certain sense, it's kind of, it's to me, 
the music is, yeah, it's special, but in a way it's not. Like, you sit down on the subway next to somebody and for whatever reason you start a conversation and you connect to their soul and all of that, that eternity is right there, right? It's just that I happen to do it, I happen to do it with um, music and it's a conversation piece, right? That's right. Uh, You're right. You can you can increase your vibration by just talking to someone that's uh, vibrationally in sync with you. Like if, if you're, you know, I know like like when I'm talking to you, I could feel that way. Or Master Lama Rasaji, we talk. You know, it's like, whoa, I feel like I'm in the clouds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you're you're right that you're right. It could be. It's just one of. Uh, it's just a different form of expression. So, but but I like that though. I like that because. Um, you know, it, may, it, it could help musicians kind of find that soul chill more, Tai Chi Gunka. That, that's what I like. Oh, well, absolutely. And I I have been at it a while. Um, I've explored it in many, many different venues. So, and with different styles of music as well. The, the uh, what I find uh, valuable is that there the different styles of music very often, to, to me, I kind of look at it as if um, you've had past uh, incarnations in different cultures. Um, my sister once took a trip to China and it was an incredibly deeply soulful experience because she had an, she had an incarnation there. And um, I happened to have one too. I just, I just stayed in the States and started Tai Chi Gong, right? So it's, it's, it's interesting how that happens. And so if you're drawn to a particular style of music, uh, there's usually very good reasons from a soul perspective why. It's real important to follow your heart. And um, I, the, one of the main reasons why I left symphony work actually has to do with kind of the, the downside uh, of, of music. You, have to, you want to be a little bit careful about what you embrace for how long. So I've been in the orchestra for about three and a half years. And one week, um, I mean, I was I was in Tai Chi Gong. I was having all of these soul chills. I was doing what I had spent 17 years training for, hours and, and two degrees, bachelor and master's degree. I was one of the six out of 100. I mean, I had everything that I ever wanted. And through that week, I started having all of these suicidal thoughts and I'm thinking and then I started paying attention to them and then uh, I, I show up to the final rehearsal and I happen to get into a conversation with somebody and they said yeah Tchaikovsky's pathetic he was suicidal when he wrote that piece I was I was picking up on the soul vibration of the composer without realizing it and music is very much like jet fuel to whatever soul frequency you happen to be tapping into. So you can tap into music that is very destructive for your health, for your soul. And in Tai Chi Kung, there's very, very, very little, um, close to zero, that is quote unquote wrong. It's not about right and wrong. It's about the energy frequency and being a scientist. So if I play Tchaikovsky's suicidal music, 
continuously. <laughs> you know, there's a good chance some of that's going to rub off unless I am powerful enough to detach. Yeah. So, yeah. so I'm not particularly good at detaching. Uh, I've really got to work on that. I, I'm, I'm, I have learned to embrace. So what I do until I learn to detach well, I have to be careful about what I embrace. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, it's just a matter of being intelligent about w how developed you really are. But I, I truly admire and work at certain qualities of living your life. So, for example, Mother Teresa in, in Calcutta, serving the poorest of the poor, she, her, the, 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 one of the principles of her, her life was to see the presence of Christ in the people that she served. So she was seeing Christ. Everybody else was seeing lepers and, and, uh, and all these poor people and all the stench and the filth and stuff. And she was seeing Christ and it protected her, right? So the attitude is very, very important. And I just didn't want to be in a position where I earned my living detached from music, right? Can I you imagine? Yeah. So to me, that was, to me at the time, that was like a death sentence. Yeah, and, and probably some of it is you're, you're very, um, you're intuitive, you feel people. And, yeah. and so it, and it's, it's very difficult. And, you know, with me too, it's like, I do, I understand how you feel because I do, um, you know, I'm a nurse practitioner, but I'm also oh, yeah. doing demonic work. So it's like, I have to, I, and, and when I walk in a room, I feel people's energies. If there's someone that's got a negative intent, I feel that. And so it's all about, you just have to learn, you're right. You have to learn to detach and, and ground. And, but if, but it's, it's, I'm sure it's different with something like where you have to make a living and you get a choice. So in your case, it's like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I've, I've kind of moved off it and yeah. the, um, as I started to learn to improvise, one of the one of the things that I became really fascinated with I actually did a 30 page paper in graduate school on this particular topic. And we've been talking about it. Two violinists play the same concerto, same orchestra, essentially the same notes, same rhythms, same speed, everything. One person puts you to sleep and the other person has you on the edge of your seat. What is the difference? What is the difference, right? And in a certain sense, that led me to Tai Chi Gong because it's the energy. It's the energy. So in the music that I share now, what, what, well, basically what I did was I began to think about, well, if a composer 200 years ago wrote this masterpiece and we're trying to rediscover the original inspiration, would it be possible to actually encapsulate that original inspiration. And so my experiments in the early stages were to, when I did an improvisation, I would turn on the tape recorder. So I would literally catch the original inspiration. And there's some in um, philosophy and uh, metaphysical aesthetics there are some people who wrote an entire books on the idea that it's the subtle timing 
between the notes, right? And in Tai Chi Gong, there's this principle of what we call the milking the chi. You move and you breathe in such a way that you're actually drawing the chi in, right? And you can see that in performers, by the way. You can see how they're how they approach things from the energy before the physicalness and the and their energy starts to participate, right? And then the, the deep feeling participates in their movement, right? So you get all of that going and the notes in time are really simply the reflection or like a snapshot of what that soul expression was because you're giving movement, right? And that stuff can be translated. So uh, one of the things that I challenged myself with was to to write a new piece of music every single day. I would sit down and create a new piece of music every day. I did that for over 10 years. And uh, you do anything for 10 years, you, you get a little bit better at it. So, <laughs> so anyway, uh, a lot of the music that I do now, that I choose to do, I'll go into a concert and I'll have recordings of piano pieces that were inspired by nature, but then I'll pull out the violin and I'll improvise a new violin part on top of the pre-existing piano part. I'm not following chord charts for all the jazzers and, and folk musicians. I, I don't know the chord structure. I'm listening to the melody. I'm feeling the chi of the piece. And then I'm creating on top of it. And the only reason I'm halfway decent is that I've been doing it for, well, all of it now for, for many decades. So, but the, but the, it's not to be, it's not a circus trick. The, the idea is that in the improvising environment, I can be open to what the people are needing at that particular time. I can be open to the frequency of the music as it's being uh, created. Brahms used to talk about the fact that when he was really in the zone in his composing, the piece would dictate to him what the next thing was supposed to be. One of the best compo composers to ever walk on the planet. He is essentially describing what I do when I improvise. I'm listening to the piece and I'm trying to get a sense of its energetic movement, of its soul frequency, of the people in the audience. And what's fascinating about doing Tai Chi Gong long enough, you know, they talk about the 5D stuff and how, well, here's a manifestation of the 5D that is really, really exciting. And almost every artist or professional athlete knows exactly what I'm saying. You, your time slows down and you're, you become more present. You know, they talk, they talk about, you know, Tom Brady when he, the game slows down. He sees everything before and then he sees six things at once. So, so when I'm performing and I'm really in the, in the zone, I'm, the piece is happening right in eternity the people who are listening i actually feel their response and their chi and it's determining what's going to happen to that piece of music yeah yeah it all happens at the same time and and um obviously you know if people listen to my stuff they'll say well it's just four or five chords he always plays the four, same four or five chords and i say yeah i don't care <laughs> because I'm not trying to create something that's complicated. I'm trying to create something that people connect to and and uh, raise their frequency with. 
and um, it, it's a it's just it's just a it's a hoot. I just love it. That seems like a th something that someone in 3D would say that you play the same chords because someone that's vibrating high would be like, oh, well, I you know I see what? a lot of um, yeah. there's a lot of gusto in these chords, and you know, so I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, they worry it's, about it's that. Yeah, I've I've had people come to me up after a concert, and they'll and one one woman came up to me, and she said, um, David, I don't know what you did, but I can't stop crying. I can't stop crying. Yeah. So so um, what I had to explain to her was that uh, the emotion of sadness is very often trapped in the heart. And so in order for that, for the joy to rise into the heart, like the noonday sun, you're going to have to let go of some of that, right? And that, all I did was I say, it's okay, cry as long as you need to, but don't get attached to your crying because there's something better behind it. Now, at that same concert, I had someone, and they're talking about the same piece. They, they say that is the most serene, beautiful piece that I have heard in the past 10 years. Can I yeah. Sure. Um, you know, on Master Lama Rasaji's on the Circle of Life on the website, he has the four videos. Now we're doing the advanced training with you, but my husband and I started off on the four videos. So on the Lama Lotus, aren't you the one that plays yeah. the violin? Yeah. I have listened to that over and over, and every time it, it's always beautiful. I always feel the oh. energy. So. So don't ever think yeah, <laughs> that I'm very impressed by that. And so well, uh, and then that, and through the videos too, we can, we hear you. So just, just so you know, I just wanted to put that, uh, I feel well, like all the energy with your music. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And a lot of it, it's, is you, you sort of become a reflection of your environment. Yeah. And um, I, I do my Tai Chi Gong practice and then I play music in that order. So it becomes somewhat a reflection of that. And um, it really, uh, the way I see it, uh, it, it follows a little bit along the lines of uh, the, the Lamasari and the progression of study. So every master of Tai Chi Gong will also be a master of s some other application. So they have sort of the source material and then they apply it to, to some discipline. And one of the aspects of the longevity is that once you, so you do Tai Chi Gong, you master your health. You do Tai Chi Gong, it influences gardening. You master gardening. You, after you master gardening, you master relationships. After you master relationships, you master the guitar. And pretty soon you look up and you've been around on the planet for you know a couple hundred years and you're just having a ball. You just happen to be really good at a few things because you spent 40 or 50 years immersing yourself in the connection between the divine and that activity on the earth. It's very much, I have a, I have a preschool music class um, that I see 200 preschool kids a month. And we sit down, I've been doing it for over 25 years. And I wrote a bunch of songs for puppets, right? So. Um, these little three-year-olds will see the octopus puppet and will do the octopus song. And uh, they get infinitely excited by something that I've 
repeat it thousands and thousands of times and it's still just as delightful and so that for the if there are any musicians out there who've been at it for a while it's so important to 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 get your mojo back if you feel it slipping yeah uh, and and the key is uh, for me anyway is that I've always seen music as a spiritual art and so that's that's where I want it to be I don't higher faster louder being the concertmaster of some orchestra playing music that glorifies death man doesn't trip doesn't really float my boat anymore um, I still listen to classical music but I, I find my I find my niche and it can be folk jazz rap techno it really it has much more to do with where the soul how the soul responds to it right it's not it is not so much the language it's how the soul responds to it and then uh, the intention of the soul if you have the intention to just beat up on yourself or beat up on other people through that music okay fine but you can just as easily have music that uplifts and you know I've heard rap that is incredibly uplifting I listen to Christian radio um, every once in a while um, when I it's oddly it's very quiet in my home because <laughs> I earn my living I do so much music but it's it's very quiet in my home hardly turn on the TV um, when I do music now um, a lot of it is uh, stepping into the presence of of spirit and saying well can you help me create something that'll be of benefit to somebody right and then <laughs> I'm learning I mean I it dragging me like like a dog on a <laughs> like a dog on a rope toward toward marketing you know being able to if you don't spend time at it someday if I ever if I ever get as excited about marketing as I do about music I will be truly dangerous <laughs> I know I know and Tai Chi Gong definitely is the the key to helping with music and like you said it, it could it could help with a lot of different things whatever you're doing you know for a living and yeah, um, yeah. well I, I would kind of say that since I teach the stuff but but it really has been it just played out for me in music in a big way mm -hmm. um, and uh, it's been um, I, I had a student once I was showing her how to improvise and uh, you know that there's something just extraordinary about being in the same room when some of this stuff happens um, 13 14 year old hated reading music hated piano parents forced her to take lessons struggled for months and I'd show up and be polite and you know do what I could I showed her how to improvise and do basically play the way that I learned to play um, and I'll never forget it that first day she connected to the soul frequency her own soul frequency as she was playing on the piano her aura tripled in size I was sitting there and her aura literally tripled in size and the radiance coming out of her was just off the chart and I realized that um, the I could teach people how to do that in fact spirit led me 
to a, a method for doing it. And what's been challenging is, I mean, it's like in its fifth or sixth incarnation, and the world is so left brain that uh, for those first four or five incarnations of this method, um, it was invisible. And I was trying to earn my living at it. It was like invisible. <laughs> I'm thinking, oh my God, what am I going to do? So, um, you know, actually it was kind of funny because Spirit whispers over my shoulder. He says, well, you know, just wait 150 years. People will grow, will grow into it. I'm thinking, yeah, okay, that doesn't pay the, that doesn't pay the electric bill. Thanks. Thanks a bunch. <laughs> so uh, what it's actually meant is it's, a, it's like humble pie. I mean, I have a I have a guitar student now, doesn't essentially ignores ninety percent of what I say, and so you know I was <laughs> I was kind of I was getting upset about it the other day, and then Spirit has this little conversation. He says, "Well, David, are you there? Are you there to turn this boy into something you want, or are you there to help this boy?" Oh crap! So anyway, <laughs> you. I'm there to help this boy. So give him the 10% and just just let him be. Yeah. Yes. You know? So I don't have kids of my own, but I have a feeling that's like a microcosm of what it means to have, have kids. So it's like I make a big deal out of it. But and it's, I guess the reason I mention it is because, um, you know, I have been teaching music to children and adults for decades. And I've learned, I've learned that most adults, they are running from the energy. Yeah. The reason they spend six months on something and dump it is because they're getting way too close to, to that energy. And they don't want it. And then they'll tell you the opposite. It's kind of funny. Yeah. But kids, kids, there's certain fearlessness in children that I really admire a lot. They see something their soul wants. And they just... You know, if they have a halfway decent environment, they don't know that they can't do it. They don't go into it thinking they can't do it. They go into it wanting to play, wanting to feel, yeah, they, wanting to feel the music. And what's difficult about the way music is being taught is that uh, for some students, they have the soul feeling. Now they have to practice their instrument for two or three years before they actually have the experience themselves of the very thing that inspired them to start in the first place. They've got to put it on hold for three years. Who puts something, uh, a, a, something that touches their soul, who puts it on hold for three years to, to be able to develop essentially the vocabulary and the fluency to be expressive in a different language, right? Who does that? Well, kids do that. And, uh, and so what I've sought to do is cut that down. Cut that down to like three to six months if I possibly can. Yeah, that's great because my son, I started him at age five playing the guitar and he's eight now. And recently he told me, he said, I just don't really have interest in playing anymore. And I'm like, well, what's happened? So that explains it. It's the soul that 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 soul feeling that he he lost. So uh, yeah, it's it's tricky because it is a language. It does have a vocabulary, a syntax, yeah. a certain structure. Yeah. So 
it's not like you dump the left brain and just jump in and all of a sudden you can do it. Um, but um, one of the form, the very formative experiences, I was teaching a group of triplets that preschool music program in the home of a, of a doctor and his wife. They started at like three and they stayed with me and when they got to five or six, a um, couple of them started spending time with me uh, on this little keyboard and I spent, I kept them in improvising and we did that for a series of years. They got to the place where we would sit down for 20 minutes. They would create five or six original songs. I would sit below and do the accompaniments and they would go up high and I had a little girl. She was, um, she was very much into the celestial. You can, she's talking to angels anyway, right? So she's, so she's doing her little melodies. She's making them up. We don't have, we don't know the letter names of the notes. I don't tell her right or wrong. She's just sitting there and she's just kind of moving her fingers and she's making up this music. And I'm, we're having this musical conversation between the two of us. And the birds would come outside that window and they would start to sing with her. And her mom would come in and it would put her mom to sleep. All the stress would go out of her mom. And this little girl, and of course I'm sitting next to her and I've been in, aware of the presence of angels for decades, right? So I'm sitting there and, and the angelic kingdom, thousands of angels are dancing around this little girl. It is, and uh, so, so um, that, I said, well, that would be kind of cool <laughs> yeah. um, if, if more people could do that. Um, yeah. And, and uh, so it's a little, I mean, a bit of a crossroads, um, but that, but the method is, method is there and I'm going to keep working at it. And, you know, if I, if I have to wait a hundred years for people to catch up, well, somebody will find it. I'm, I'll be in a cave somewhere talking to a tree, but <laughs> but um, but at least it's there, and I feel good about that. That's great. Tell us about where can we find you, like the website, your website. Oh, oh sure. Um, musicwithdavidpaul.com, all one word. Okay. And uh, people can grab new music. I create a new piece of music every day. Uh, they can grab that for free. And then I do live concerts once a week, and there's a playlist uh, they, they have access to the lessons for free and I do a live one once a week and this week this year I'm gonna I'm gonna create um, coaching videos for all of those lessons for all of those instruments so they literally have an explanation it's called the four simple steps kind of like the four standing exercises of music and uh, and I'll just do a an accompanying video for for the whole four books and that's next year's project, so they can grab that for free. And um, the one other thing that's gonna that I'm really excited about, I'm trying to work out now. Uh, Jimmy Schwinn is is really really into the healing frequencies, and um, so Spirit is leading me to create uh, healing pieces based on those frequencies. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to make sure that it's done at different tempos because people's heartbeat relates differently to at different times and then I'm going to do some instructional videos on how to chant with those healing frequencies because a lot of people they think about it okay I'm going to put myself in the room with the frequency okay that's fine but what happens 
if you actually, from the very center of your being, you start to chant that frequency. You get it not only coming in toward you, but you actually have it going from your soul outward. And then you have both directions. So anyway, that's going to be there um, sometime in, in 2022. And musicwithdavidpaul.com is, is where you can find all that stuff. That's wonderful. And I will put the link down in the description. So oh, well, thank you. People can connect with your, your website. And um, so anyway, this has been a very wonderful discussion. And thank you so much for your time. <laughs> oh, you're very welcome. I appreciate being able to share some of that stuff. Yeah. Yep. So we'll connect again soon. Take care. All right. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye. This has been the Holistic Keto Goddess Podcast with Jessica Ankaya. Follow the Holistic Keto Goddess on social media like Pinterest, Twitter, and Facebook. If you have any questions about today's show or how you can live a healthier life, visit HolisticKetoGoddess.com and go more in-depth with blogs and healthy living resources. Like, share, subscribe, and listen wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Thank you for listening to the Holistic Keto Goddess Podcast with Jessica Ankaya.